0: Happy Friday, folks. Uh, Before we get started, let's send it over to our brewing team so they can tell us about the exciting new beers coming out. Go for it. Hey, Mason. It's John in the brewery. Um, I am here with Kevin and Jim, who are going to tell you about some exciting new beers coming out from the pilot system. Hi, this is Jim. I have uh, created the Jim's Coffee Stout. Um, My inspiration behind it was I just like thick higher ABV beers typically. Um, So my inspiration was to try to mimic that. We got the coffee from Rise and they have been great to work with. Hi, this is Kevin here. Um, I have Kevin's Raspberry Goza, uh, still working on the title, but the beer itself tastes amazing. I took our Goza recipe and aged it on uh, red raspberries. So it comes off really bright, fresh, uh, hints of coriander, definite raspberry, nice pink color. Ah, Great beer overall. So yeah, that's what we have coming out this month. Uh, Should be available in cans, very limited, and then a little bit on draft here and there throughout the the month, and that's about it. Awesome. Thank y'all for what you're doing. I hear the machinery in the background. Y'all are hard at work, so I appreciate you taking a break and giving the community an update about what to expect and what kind of things you're working on. It's just cool to hear right from the source what's coming out of Athletic Brewing. No news on my end, other than you know, if you're interested in planning an adventure for 2020, we are doing an adventure grant where we're giving away a thousand dollars to somebody who is planning an adventure that is meant to improve their community or the world somehow, whether it's you know, biking across America to raise money for something, hiking a mountain, climbing something, I don't know. Whatever it is, apply at our website and the link is in the show notes as well. You know, our brewers you just heard from Jim, Kevin, and John, and not only are they you know, obviously incredible at what they do, but they're also very competitive athletes. So they they know a thing or two about alcohol intake and performance, and so so many folks are realizing their performance just skyrockets when they you at least cut back on alcohol consumption. And that's I think one reason our athletic community is growing so quickly. And so today we're actually speaking to someone in that community, one of our athletic brewing athletes. Malu Peterson, who is a backcountry skier. Uh, she started off in Sweden with the Swedish national team. She was a, a racer, but after an injury and two years off the sport, she realized it wasn't racing that she loved, but the wilderness and adventure and, and getting out there. And so she set her sights on pursuing somewhere that would provide that. And so she settled in Revelstoke, British Columbia, and that's where she's calling us from today. I hope you enjoy this conversation and that it inspires you to do something this weekend. You know, it's Friday. Let's not let the weekend get away from us. Let's do something and be proud of ourselves come Monday morning. All right, folks, welcome to the show. And Malu, welcome to the show yourself. We're happy to have you on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be on.
0: I'm definitely excited to have you on. So yeah, it's going to be fun. So can you tell us a little bit about... Uh, Where did this start for you? Where did you grow up? Where was kind of the beginning of your story?
1: So I grew up in a little ski town in northern Sweden. It's this tiny town with like 2,000 people that lives there.
0: 2,000 people, wow. Yeah. What's the name of it?
1: It's called Ore. If you're like into racing, you'll know about it because we have World Cups and stuff like that, but it's pretty small.
0: Now, I heard there's a, isn't there an event there that happens every year that grows the town like exponentially?
1: Um, I'm not sure if there's like one single event, but in wintertime, there's like 50,000 people that can be there.
0: Oh my gosh, skiing?
1: Yeah. And when it's off season, yeah, it's just 2,000 people. So it's quite the contrast.
0: So it's safe to say you were probably skiing at a pretty young age.
1: Yeah. I started skiing when I was two years old.
0: They make skis that small?
1: <laughs> they do, and they're so they're so cute.
0: <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Holy cow. So, so, was it pretty, I mean, obviously growing up in such a ski-heavy place. I mean, what what could you did, were did you stand out at all from from other people as being talented at it or was it something you had to work at?
1: Um, I raised at a pretty young age and I was pretty good at it when I was younger. But there's also a lot of people that was good at it. So, I definitely had talent, but a lot of other people had talent too, I would say.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was hard to tell with everyone else skiing, you know, 50,000 people skiing every winter, you were probably just kind of lost in the crowd. So, so yeah. when did you start, <laughs> you know, when when did you start to notice that you were, okay, I'm pretty good?
1: Um, It was probably, I started competing in ski cross for a while. And then I got, I started winning all the competitions and then I got to be on the Swedish national team. And then I kind of realized that, yeah, maybe I'm I'm pretty good at this.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're on the nationals team. So what can you explain what is that for people who aren't skiers?
1: So ski cross is, maybe they know what motocross is, but basically it's four people and there's a downhill course with jumps and turns and rollers and the first person down wins. So it's pretty intense, but it's super fun.
0: And you're all going at the same time. Yeah. Thrilling, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's so fun.
0: Did you enjoy competing? Are you a really competitive person?
1: I'm a pretty competitive person, I would say, definitely.
0: You know, from there, wh- where else did skiing take you? You know, did you start, I mean, as you got older and was go- were going through school, were you traveling around or were you mostly staying home?
1: Uh, I was mostly traveling around. We would spend like fall down in the Alps doing preseason camps. And then during the winter, it was competition. So we would just be all over the place pretty much. But uh, I got pretty badly injured. So then I had to stop with the ski cross, which led me into what I'm doing today, which is more backcountry skiing, which is it's not as intense as in ski cross. And it's more fun, I would say.
0: What what was your injury? What happened?
1: Uh, I got a pretty bad concussion, and then shortly after I got another concussion. So I had a pretty bad, like, two years it took for me to, like, fully recover from.
0: How long ago was that?
1: What is it now? Let's see, it's like six years ago. Yeah, six years ago now.
0: Was that hard to to go through having two years of recovery that's a long time
1: yeah it honestly it was not <laughs> not very fun at all and it's also hard when you're so used to like competing and being on the road and being with your teammates and then all of a sudden you're just at home and you can't do anything like you're not allowed to work out or be super social or school or anything so it was definitely
0: oh Mike, what did you do what did you do for two years
1: well, <laughs> I, I started being able to, to like go to school more and do like travel and do all that. But I like, I couldn't really come back for it, like in the com- competition scene. So that was, that was hard, but I'm, gl- I'm glad now it happened because that made me quit with the competitive like ski cross skiing and get more into just the love of it and the fun of it in the backcountry.
0: Was there anything in particular during that time that kept you motivated or kept you just staying strong?
1: I think just just being outside. And in that sense, I'm so lucky that I still lived in such a beautiful and nice place that even if you couldn't do like what I was used to doing, I could still be outside. I could go for short ski days. I could like go for hikes and just be outside in nature. And that definitely helped me a lot through that and friends, and family being there for sure.
0: You know, I, I did a lot of research on you, and um, just t- trying to hear more of your story, And I, and I did see a lot that you really, really do have a connection with the outdoors. Is that just something that just has to be present in your life all the time?
1: I think so, yeah, more or less. I can go to like a city for a weekend, and then that's fun, but that's... <laughs> That's enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it is about just being outside for you? Why why do you enjoy it so much?
1: Well, like I grew up outside pretty much. Just living in this little town, you would just like if you go play with your friends, you're outside. If you're going to go skiing, you're outside. It's just such a big part of my life. And then I think for humans, like that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to be outside and moving. So as long as we do that we will be like have pretty good base happiness if we follow that I think at least for me that's definitely how it works
0: you know you 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 loved what you did and you, you took two years off and family friends and being outside helped and I believe right now you're calling me from British Columbia in is it Revelstoke that you're calling me from right now
1: yeah from Revelstoke
0: how did you end up there
1: um, so I was living in Chamonix in France, mm-hmm. and then I used, then I started really getting into this like backcountry scene, and I started watching ski movies, and most of the ski movies was from Revelstoke in British Columbia. So I was just I have to go there, and I went there, and four years later I'm still here.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Why? I like yeah, just why there of all places? It was because of some some films.
1: Yeah, just I just read about it in some magazines and some films, and it's supposed to have the best snow on the planet. So I was like, I need to go there and ski powder.
0: So what happened when the first time you went? Did it live up to the hype that you read about?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it was everything I imagined about it. Really was. It was that way. The snow was that good, and everyone was so nice, and it was just such a. It was a great experience.
0: Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's a pretty small town too. Did did that help?
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's like maybe around ten thousand people who okay, yeah. lives here. So yeah. like
0: five times bigger than your Holden town, but still not very big.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like a big city to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the big city. I grew up in a town of about three thousand, so I, I understand a little bit. But uh, <laughs> you know, so these t- ten thousand people towns, oh my gosh, you know, how do you even make it? <laughs> yeah, but <I> uh, know. <laughs> So moving from Sweden and getting to Revelstoke out in British Columbia in the gorgeous Canadian Rockies, ha- has it been a tough transition for you? Four years later, I mean, you said family and friends really helped keep you you know, healthy during that time that you went through. Is that difficult for you now to be so far away?
1: Um. Yeah, I definitely miss my friends and family back home but this has become like a second home too and there's lots of nice people here too so it's not that bad and I travel home quite a bit too so it works but I for sure miss my family and friends back home.
0: Do you think that you had to make this move to to get to where you are today?
1: Mm -hmm. I think so, because it led me like in the path to where I am now. But I also still think if I would have moved somewhere else, I know I would always have went somewhere for skiing. And I've always had such a strong passion for just skiing and having fun with it. So I think maybe not in the same way, but I still think I would lead up to the same point wherever I went. But it definitely helped because... The snow here and the skiing is just so good, so it's definitely a good place to progress and become better
0: at it so what what can i what what makes it so good versus maybe some of this snow that'd be closer to home?
1: It's just way way more snow
0: <laughs> just a lot more just volume of snow, yeah, and it's okay.
1: lighter and it's there's no like in Sweden it's like you ski on wind packed ice pretty mm. much. <laughs> And here is his fluffy clouds of perfect, perfect things.
0: (laughs) I mean, has the transition been difficult or was it, or do you even think about it that way?
1: Um, I haven't really thought about it that way. I think it's more like, oh, wow, skiing can be like soft and easy. Like you can go off more stuff and be fine if you land. I think you definitely have an advantage coming from like bad conditions you become a strong skier from that.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's that's a good point. When you learn on either bad equipment or like a bad surface, once you get quality, you're going to be just far ahead of the competition. I definitely agree. I've seen that in other ways. So you said you talk about getting better. How do you how do you personally track getting better? What what does that look like to you since you're not strictly competing anymore?
1: To me, I felt Like when I feel that I'm getting better, it's more like now compared to when I first got here, I ski the same thing and I might've been scared of it before be like, oh, wow, I don't know if I can do this. And now it's just like, I can do this. No problem. I know how to do this. So it's more, more in that sense. And also I film a bit more now and then there you can definitely see the progression you have made throughout the years, which is very cool to see.
0: I know you have a growing and popular YouTube channel that you're, you know, filming and you have someone to help edit. Do you enjoy that side of it? Is that, is that a fun kind of thing to do while you're skiing?
1: Yeah, I love I love that side of it because you get to be creative in a different way than just the skiing side and mix those two worlds together. I love it.
0: So it, it adds to it. It doesn't take away from the experience of being out there
1: yeah like some days you probably don't always feel like going filming and like because it definitely takes longer time when you film you don't get as much skiing in so some days it's definitely not you're not the most stocked on it but then when you come home and you watch the footage and then you get then you get hyped again
0: (laughs) is there a lot of quality skiers in your area in the sense of do you feel like you're someone kind of that that people recognize when you're when you're going around or are you just kind of want someone else there
1: um i think i'm more someone else there there's so many good skiers here and lots of like professional skiers live here and travel through here so just one in the crowd which is pretty <laughs> nice
0: <laughs> yeah but you you also you know you're pretty well known for what you're doing now do you, in a lot of ways, you get paid to do this now. Has that been something maybe you foresaw?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like I never had like the inspiration to like be a professional skier in the sense of filming because I didn't even know you could be that until just a couple of years ago since I was so like focused on the racing side of things. But then I just started skiing a bunch, putting out videos and stuff on social media and on the internet and I started to get recognitions and then I got like emails from people that wanted to sponsor me and then it just kind of kept building up on that way
0: Do you enjoy that side of it as well kind of the business side of professional being a professional athlete
1: I do a lot it's I think it's it adds to it too cuz if you're just skiing every day Like, I love skiing and I would probably do that forever, but it's also nice to add a different element to it because then you can push yourself there too and, like, grow on that side too and you learn so much from it. And it's cool to have your own company, your space out of skiing. It's a dream, really. So it's going good, way better than I could imagine it (laughs) would go. (laughs) Just, like... Because I've only been doing it professionally in the sense that I've gotten paid for it the past three years, and it's definitely just in those three years it's grown it's grown a lot, which is very exciting, and I'm very proud and happy about that.
0: Do you have anyone back home that that you tell about this, maybe parents or anyone that doubted you early on and say no look look what i look what I'm doing now <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I've been like pretty lucky with my parents always supported me in everything I do. And my mom helps me a lot on the business side with like the financial taxes and all of that. She's really good at that. So she teaches me a lot on that side, which is really good.
0: <laughs> you know, I heard you say one time um in one of your videos that if you're don't go out looking for sponsorships as an athlete, just go out and do what you love to do and enjoy it first. And that kind of seems like the way you've approached it has, is that an opinion that you still hold? And and if so, what would you add to that? If you, if you could,
1: I would say like, first of all, definitely don't like, don't have as a goal, like I'm just going to get sponsors. Just (laughs) probably the same as I said, then like, get out there and get good first and create something like do a little video or photos so you can like really show that you have something to give to like potential sponsors. But I would definitely say if you think you have that and if you think you're good enough, then you should definitely reach out. So I'll, yeah, I'll definitely add that to it. Then if you've been out there and done your job, then you should reach out because it's hard to get noticed these days, but with social media, it's easier for sure to get <clears throat> to get recognition. So if you have good stuff after a while I think you people will notice it and then you'll start that'll start happening.
0: A lot of people try to do it backwards, you know, they try to get sponsored first before and they never really love what they're doing. And so it's this weird, very frustrating journey I can imagine. <laughs> so <laughs> That's good advice. So so how's this winter going for you? How's the snow up in up in British Columbia?
1: It's been the craziest winter of all time. Oh yeah? Why is that? It hasn't snowed this much here in like the past ten years or something, I think someone said. So
0: So you're just getting tons of snow.
1: Yeah. In town you can almost not see the houses. The snow banks are so big, it's crazy.
0: Oh my gosh. And, and now you you're just loving every second of that, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it's been amazing. I just been skiing a bunch for myself with my friends and my boyfriend, and it's been it's been awesome.
0: That's so cool. And so I, I know you know this is probably a little too early to be th- even thinking about this, but I know in the off season you you love to travel. Is 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 there anything that you have goal wise that you do in the off season that helps make you better during the ski season?
1: Yeah, I s- I've started surfing a bunch recently, or like the past couple of years. So I just want to get get better at that.
0: <laughs> uh, where, where do you go to do that?
1: In the past summers, I've been a lot in Bali and around in Indonesia.
0: Do you think that adds to your skill set with uh, skiing or is it two totally different things?
1: It is pretty different, but I think it definitely adds a bit to serve like especially watching good people surf like because there is such flowy nice style that I think if you put that into skiing you'll be a very nice mix so it's definitely like an inspiration in that way to like s- see people surf
0: that's too cool do you do you think you're gonna maybe try to pursue that as well in a, in a more professional way or is that just a hobby for now
1: yeah that's that's the uh, would be uh, a very long time ahead for me to be okay. a professional <laughs> surfer. <laughs> I'm still very much at the <laughs> beginner state, but see, it's just a hobby, but it's the best hobby. I love it.
0: What What else between those two things are those primarily? What takes up most of your time?
1: Um. Yeah, pretty much. I run quite a bit, and I love hiking and just being like being in the mountains in summertime. Is I love that too. I just love being outside and being active and like, no matter what way I do that, I'm pretty content.
0: So, you know, you mentioned uh, your boyfriend and I know that he's pretty well known skier as well. Sam Carlson. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Is he, is it, what, what is it like to date someone else that's also well known in the sport? Does that make, relationally, does that make things easier or more difficult or you just have a lot more to connect with? What, what, how has the experience been like for you?
1: Um, for me, it's been really good because we can ski together a bunch. And in the off season, we're both like, since we both don't have regular jobs, we can go surfing together and we can go travel. So it's definitely like compared to if one of us would have a like a normal nine to five job, this is definitely like way better for our relationship, I would say.
0: Yeah, I guess so. If you got the lifestyle right now to do it, we talk. We talk to a lot of people who, you know, spouses or partners or just aren't aren't at all involved in that the world that they're in. And for some people, it makes it easier. And others, you know, obviously, it doesn't make it so easy. But yeah. <laughs> I guess every relationship's different. But that's that's very interesting. That's that's cool. And so uh, you you guys live up there in in Revelstoke together most half the year.
1: Yeah. We got a little dog now. We brought it back, a little rescue dog from Bali. and
0: All right. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. So what are you most curious about right now outside of surfing and skiing?
1: Right now, I'm most curious about, I would love to go. I follow this Rhino Orphanage on Facebook, and I would love to go there and volunteer there.
0: Oh, wow. Where is that?
1: It's in Namibia.
0: Very cool. So, what is your proudest achievement outside of your career?
1: My proudest achievement is probably just that I've always lived a life that I'm truly happy with and just followed my passions and not followed what would make me the most money or make me successful or what other people think I should do. I'm very proud of that.
0: Absolutely. So, what is your biggest goal that you haven't yet achieved?
1: I want to go skiing in Alaska and make a sick film segment from it one day. Oh,
0: man. Well, you're not too far away, so it's <laughs> not just, just a, yeah, a quick flight and you'd be over there. That's awesome. <laughs> so what's a destination? You might have already said this, but what's a destination you want to travel to that you haven't yet?
1: I would love to go to Greenland because when I fly from Sweden to Canada – It's like always midway and you can look at the windows and it's just like this massive blob of glaciers and mountains and no houses. And I want to go there.
0: (laughs) Can I ask you this? That's interesting. Do a lot of people not ski there?
1: Um, I think a couple like people go ski there like on expeditions and live in huts and stuff of boats. You need to have a like probably have a guide or really, really know what you're doing.
0: (laughs) So you're looking at the plane, just looking at it like, holy cow, that place is wild. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe the plane will land one day and you can get out. That'd be
1: sweet. exactly. <laughs> I hope so.
0: <laughs> so. So do you have any other hobby besides those two that maybe you don't ever talk about or folks don't really know about?
1: I really, really love animals. <laughs> and my dream since I was a kid is like, I've always wanted to have my own show on animal planet so that's still my secret dream if skiing doesn't work out for me
0: (laughs) oh man maybe it could be the first first hybrid animal skiing show or yeah surfing and dog show that would have been i would watch that (laughs) (laughs) why don't you just you know this can be kind of a piece on advice how do you personally live without compromise
1: i personally live without compromise probably in the sense that i always I do what makes me happy and I don't really compromise that. If that day it's me going for a run and then just chilling, then I'll do that. But if it's me going on a massive ski tour and skiing this more challenging line, then that's that that day. But always listen to what my body is saying and what my, like, mentally what I feel up to. And then just going, going with that.
0: So you don't feel the pressure to go after the most epic thing every day. It's really just how you feel
1: yeah exactly it's not every day that happens but most of the time i try to listen to what my body's saying i think the people that's more experienced definitely do that more and i think more of us young people getting into it probably is pushed it a bit too much some days but we're i think we're learning from the people that that knows (laughs) to take a rest day if you need it
0: absolutely so so how can people follow you and and find out more about you
1: uh they can follow me on my instagram i'm malu peterson and also at my youtube channel km days we will be releasing some new stuff pretty soon so it should be pretty good hopefully
0: awesome and all that will be in the show notes and so if people want they can click on it from there but uh Malou, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I really appreciate you being a part of the Athletic Brewing team and living without compromise and, and being an inspiration.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah. super fun, and I'm so happy to be on board with Athletic. I love everything they do, and all their bears too, so I'm stoked.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm drinking one right now. It's really good stuff. Yeah. I nice. will <laughs> right, well, have a great night and, and, uh, and enjoy it out there in the, in the wilderness.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Right. You
0: too. All right, see you. Yeah, bye without compromise is a production of athletic brewing company to learn more about our award winning non-alcoholic craft beer go to athleticbrewing.com there you can also find info on our news and events as well as how to get plugged in to the larger athletic brewing community and lastly we wanted to thank you so much for listening please share with us with someone you know as well as leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on and we'll see you in a couple weeks